0: Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Right.
1: The show is first. It's a special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. This is the live studio audience. the hear you. It always feels good when you're live to say, let's hear the audience, but people driving around, this is terrible. So I just heard the audience. Why do I want to hear it again? So let's drive them crazy. Once again, the studio audience. If I was 24, I would hate radio enough to do that for the next two hours, but we're not going to do that. I know that we've introduced the doctrinaires to this live audience, but to the radio audience... Uh, we have Autumn Fisher.
2: Hello!
1: English Nick. Good evening. My misanthrope
3: buddy, Greg Russ. I've eaten too much candy. My stomach is still hurting.
1: He has a stomachache from eating too much candy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was 25 pieces. <laughs> what? The best-looking uh, producer... Seven, I'm seven trying to continue here, Mr. Candyman. <laughs> the best-looking producer at all of producery, Jared Yamamoto... And we're very lucky tonight. Special guest from TV's Archer. You know him as Dr. Krieger. He's back there. Lucky Yates. Hey. This is a special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We call it the Von Hessler Experience. We're normally on Sundays from noon to three. And if you listen to that show, you know we start just like this. Headlines of the week. They are Headlines of the Week. Jared Yamamoto, yeah. fill me up with the bad news. have been laughing, having fun. Tell me yeah. what's blown up and... Who did what? Well, this is a fun
4: headline here, because Donald Trump is now saying that Monday's presidential debate, Eric, was rigged.
1: <laughs> Bless him. Oh, uh, Donald Trump. What are you going to say about Donald Trump? How many people thought that... Who, who won the... Who won it? Uh, do, how many people thought Donald Trump won the debate? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it, like, okay. Here's the deal. That's not scientific, but
5: wow. <laughs> this is a WSB audience.
1: I know. That was, that was the
6: first
4: ever negative in audience
6: polling. You know? Know. Yeah, it was
4: actually negative seven. <laughs> but we did have some news today saying that his microphone actually was tampered with. So microphone
1: gate is now a thing here. Oh, uh, But I think it was tampered with only when they heard it in the audience. It was in the room. That's why I was pulling was, up yeah. this story here. Yeah, it's in the room. It wasn't actually over the TV and radio. But he definitely so, was complaining about it. Well, but, here's the thing about it. I would say a couple things about the, uh, the debate. Number one, yes. This is the way I saw the debate. So Hillary, with all of her question answers, she was the smartest student with her book report. <laughs> Donald Trump's answers, he was the guy at the end of the bar. <laughs> now, there's no doubt that if you watch these things over years and, and look at the way things are supposed to be in debates, yes, she won the debate. But this is the thing about this election. Uh, the pundits, even myself, are not very good at gauging what it is about Donald Trump that people connect with. So I do believe that she won the debate, but I don't know that it's as, by as much as the victory lap that's being taken by the media. Because when she kept... Shoehorning her grandfather, no, her uh, her grandchild. It's my grandchild's second birthday, but I'm sure that just hits you. Like, you didn't rehearse that for a week and a half before you get up there. And and, and shoehorning her. My dad, he really worked hard. He'd pull the linens out, he put them over the table. Well, and he, he had
5: that think. really long table really in, long. Uh, in in my garage. I remember it clearly in my. Father's garage. He got up every morning and worked very hard, unlike Mr. Trump's father, who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth and just was handed everything to him in his life. He says he got a small loan of $14 million. I did in my father's day. That would be called a very substantial loan.
1: And then he would lay it out on the table. If he got home,
5: he would lay it out on the table. Wouldn't he? Would, he? he would lay it out. He made beautiful textiles. <laughs> oh my gosh! You've never seen such a hardworking man, and that's where I really got my stamina.
1: So. I'm, I'm, I, there's no doubt that she won and if people are just tuning in Thank and don't you. know because I'm not at this time I'm not voting for anybody I'm not voting for anybody vote for America me. if you give me these and I see them as three choices because I'm a libertarian I was going to vote for Gary Johnson and then in the last three weeks okay. I just said eh I'm not voting for that guy <laughs> Like, I actually, I started out with Gary Johnson from the point of view of, well, I don't like Donald, and I don't like Hillary, and I am a libertarian, so I might as well just go ahead and park my vote over here. And and then, Gary Johnson didn't know where Aleppo was, and then uh, today he couldn't, or yesterday, he couldn't name one single world leader. And so I just said, America, if these are the choices you're going to give me, I'm going to vote down ticket not vote at the top of the ticket, and then I'm going to go get drunk. That's my plan for election day because for a while I thought, I thought, wow, with the libertarians, Gary Johnson, I could actually make the argument that this guy is actually more qualified than the other two from the fringe party. I could actually go out there and say he's more qualified. But I feel like you need to know what Aleppo is. (laughs) And well, just name a world leader. I don't care. Name somebody who's dead. Gandhi. I don't know what. Just name somebody. Name the idiot in Canada. The, the male model. Trudeau in Canada. Just say somebody's name.
5: Um, Trudeau.
1: Oh, you like that guy, huh? So dreamy. Yeah, he's so cute, isn't he? Oh,
5: he's so nice. He'd be so nice to me.
1: I don't even know if he's left or right. or he's Who Just a good looking dude, just right? just hold his
5: hand.
3: The smiles dropping off your husband's face is in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> he's very happy
1: since the show started. And as soon as you bring Until that down. up. Canada is America's attic, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I do not take them seriously in any way whatsoever. It's where you hide bodies. Yeah, you hide bodies up there, or you hide from your mom when you're skipping school up in Canada. You don't want to be found. People don't want to be found in America. Uh, Canada is a joke. uh, Niagara Falls is wonderful, but uh, Canada is a a joke. I, I read a thing a few years ago, and they, they, they listed the most peaceful nations in the world. And they had these different metrics of what made you a more peaceful nation. And one of them one of the, the things was the, a smaller military, right? And so Canada, would get all this press, like, oh, Canada is like the second most peaceful country in the world. Now, how hard is it to look at this and go, well, Canada doesn't have a military because their military is the United States military. So we're the horrible people, but I got a feeling that if anybody invades Canada, we're not going to lay around and just let it happen. Hey, guys, defend yourselves. It's on you. If the Bulgarians could take you over, it's on you. So when you read crap like that, look through it and know what's really going on. So give me another headline. A new poll shows that this campaign has brought out the worst in people. I know it's brought out the worst in me. I never hit my kids before this campaign
4: <laughs>
6: I've
5: never heard you talk so negatively about Canada since this
1: election. Ah, remember when I used to be so nice to
6: Canada? So nice. No, no that's this election I saw your kids the other day, man. They're wrecks right uh, now. They They're just
1: like so wait. scared. Believe me. Whack they just... Yeah, you
5: should you see his it. wife. They,
1: oh. sit, they, sit, <laughs> they sit in the room just going, huh? November 8th, November
2: 8th,
3: November <laughs> 8th. I started wailing on them, too. I
1: came over. <laughs> hey, I'm in town. Bam, bam. I think it's brought the worst out of all of us. I don't know, actually I'll be I don't even know that it's brought the worst out of all of us. I think it's revealed how bitter we all have actually become. Because everybody hates the people running. Everybody even the even the people that they're voting for, most of the people cannot stand. It's not really true for Donald Trump. Donald Trump's got a group of people who are really into him. Hillary Clinton fans are like, uh, ah, whatever, you know, just okay. <laughs> Gold watch time. You've been around. Okay, all right, please. Just, just don't speak. Just leave. Okay, fine. Nobody's really, this is really the truth. If you look at the, the way this breaks down in modern history, we now have the most disliked major party candidate going up against literally the second most disliked major party candidate. Now, how many people are of age to become president of the United States in this country? i got to figure 150 million, and these are the two. These are the two that we've come up with. I love this country, but I'm I'm taking a rain check, people. I am taking a rain check. I am not going to be a part of any of it. If either one of them becomes president and they're a good president, come talk to me in four years. But I am not taking a leap of faith. Uh, with either of them, Eric.
2: I have a suggestion. Lucky from the eggs back. from TV's yes. Archer, ladies and gentlemen. I was at the I was at the park today. Yes, and I saw something that made every person around, no matter what walk of life they came from, it made them happy and try to be at their best. Pokemon. And that was a three-legged dog. A three-legged <laughs> dog. A playful happy. three-legged dog made everybody so happy. I thought at that point know should run for president? That three-legged dog. Hey,
5: that dog's a hero. America
2: would be at its very best if our president were a three-legged dog. Let's start a new party. <laughs> the
1: three-legged yeah. dog party. The three-legged party. dog will be our
2: donkey. It'll be our
4: elephant. Yeah. It'll be the three-legged dog. And Evan McMullen doesn't have a slogan, does Evan he? Mc- he's running for like president. Evan McMullen doesn't have a campaign. He just has a name. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> Trump claim to have three legs
1: in a debate?
5: <laughs> <laughs> he's got the best. He's got the most talented three-legs.
1: He is our first three-legged candidate. It's a, Might a huge, be a good huge compromise. middle leg. Huge. How close are we? 30 seconds? Yeah, we no, gonna... you do another story. Ian. Do another story? All right, let's do another
4: story. President Obama was vetoed by Congress. He's he the... still president? He is. Believe oh, it or not, he's the most, one of the most popular presidents ever. Now, according to a new Gallup poll, he said like 58%. It's
1: unprecedented. And I know that the WSB audience, for the most part, will not even be able to relate to that whatsoever. The pres- president Obama is he, he's at, surveying at like 58%, which... People loved Reagan. Like, if there was if there was more room on Mount Rushmore, they'd put Reagan's face on there. But the last six <laughs> months, he was not that popular. Usually, after eight years, we get so sick and tired of looking at these people, even if we agree with them, we want to get rid of them. But Obama is bucking that trend, and I'll tell you why. Because I think compared to the other two who are running, yes. <laughs> he, just, he just looks like an adult.
5: He's getting better and better in our eyes.
1: I mean, we, it's like, hey, you know, he's been there eight years. Yeah, maybe he's kind of figuring it out in the last six months. Who knows? But despite what the people think, Congress vetoed him for the first
4: time in his eight-year presidency. Uh, Le- oh, yeah. Well, tell me what that was about. So basically, Saudi Arabia, the family... No, do you know what it's about? I do. So the, the 9-11 <laughs> <laughs> family... Look, that, here. That, Look that, at this. That, that, I'm going that, without that, my computer over here. So okay. what the, the I families- can't
5: do it without my computer.
4: <laughs> I do like my computer. <laughs> but basically, the families uh, that were victimized by the Saudi... Many of the 9-11 attackers were Saudi Arabian. and. Yeah. Now this this bill allows us allows suing to sue of the Saudi state the because Saudi state.
1: there's some thinking that some members of the Saudi state were involved and maybe they were uh, but I have to say. It feels good to be in favor of this. And he got overridden by just, like, everybody. I yes. don't even know who held out. The um,
4: only um, person was Harry
1: Reid in the Senate. Well, Harry Reid. does even awake. He's even... Who knows <laughs> what's going on in that parade? He's counting down the days. Yeah, he's counting... Kind of, oh, what I talk like this. I'm so tired.
2: What court does one uh, try these cases in? The world court? I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean... Who's your what? judge? you get, like, a Wapner? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Who do you get? It's the world's people court. People's yeah, world court. That's what yeah, it
1: is. Yeah, you, get the,
5: you get the new lady for people's court. I want... Um, I want
1: people... I understand. I get it. If I had a loved one who died in in those towers, and I thought that that country was somehow behind it, I would want to go after that country. I would want to sue them, and I understand that. But in the bigger picture this could be quite dangerous and could have unintended consequences because once we start suing other countries, other countries start suing us, and we have a lot of people in other countries. We have soldiers, we have diplomats, and you don't want to give them any sort of legal excuse to pick them up off the street, put them in jail, and take them to court. And sometimes you have to do the hard thing. Let me lose my entire WSB audience by saying, that's the one time in eight years I agree with President Obama. Alright, let's say we'll be right back with more headlines.
0: The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 Five and AM seven fifty WSB.
1: For experience. I'm Eric Von Hester. Welcome back. I wasn't able to finish my story on the internet. You know, if you're listening on the radio and you get out of your car and you go to your computer or your mobile device, you can continue to watch this wonderful extravaganza. Just go to WSBRadio.com or the WSB Radio app or the WSB Radio Facebook site. Am Are you I still alive? That is right. Aaron, what's that? Are you still alive? I'm still alive. Still man. alive? Wow. I'm still hanging in there. But in the break, I was trying to tell this fine studio audience. Are you out there, studio audience? It's fine, studio audience. But the first time that I did a video, a political video for WSB online, the first comment was my favorite comment of all time. Somebody said, I've never seen this guy before. What a douche canoe. (laughs) (laughs) To me, I've just never been called anything... Funnier than that, all right? We're in the middle of headlines, Jerry Yamamoto.
4: Yeah, so this happened right down the road in McDonough where a Walmart is apologizing for not
1: baking a cake that said
4: Blue Lives Matter on it.
1: All right. Mm. Um, besides the in- internal politics of that, when did we as Americans begin to decide to buy cakes from our Walmart? Our
2: politics?
3: <laughs> <laughs> when did we as Americans decide to start bake- or buying cakes yeah, from Walmart? Well, that's number
2: one, yes. <laughs> Uh, if how? you want your cake custom, <laughs> go to Walmart. When did pastries become...
1: Where we do our political dialogue. Every week, there's a story about a cake or something that has these big political overtones to it or undertones. I never really know which one's correct in those situations. <laughs> yes, Greg. There's a cop in
3: Florida who tased a woman, and I think she's suing. But he actually baked her a cake and put on the cake, "Sorry for tasing you."
1: Well, he that's, gave it to that's just <laughs> kind. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm sure the jury work? will say that everything's fine. Did
5: she? She's like, I drop the charges. No, yeah, lawsuit. no lawsuit. No lawsuit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> big baked goods is a lot bigger of a lobbyist than you think. Is that our problem yeah, now, big, big baked, big baked goods. goods?
1: I just don't get it. Why are we arguing through our pastries, America? What happened? We used to have like firing line on PBS where we could take care of this stuff. Now, everybody is angry. I've never been angry about a cake. We've got WTF coming up next.
0: News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB.
1: For this very special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. It's so special, it has its own name. It's called the Von Hessler Experience. You are experiencing me.
2: <laughs> How about it? <laughs> She's got nothing. She's got nothing. Excuse me, rendered speechless. I'm not going to say, you know. Some... She's still speechless from winning 48 tickets to the coming country festival and fair earlier. Wow. She's going to own that fair. <laughs> Welcome
1: back. I'm Eric Von Hester. We're usually on uh, Sundays, noon to 3 p.m. So I don't know if your favorite team isn't playing, tune in and listen to us. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I have the doctrinaires with me. English Nick is here. Greg Russ is here. Jared Yamamoto is here. Lucky Yates is my special guest doctrinaire back there. And now it is time for this. What the? What the?
5: What the?
2: Seriously, what the? WTF with Autumn Fisher. Yeah. That
5: was my name. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. (laughs) Wow, who was that
2: that read that name? That was. With Autumn Fisher. Yeah, who was that? I don't know who that was. That we'll have to find the, that out. That's the great Deborah Reese. Deborah
1: Reese, ladies uh, and gentlemen. That's Deborah Reese. She's the one who says.
5: Boy, she can say my name. Autumn.
2: <laughs> hey, who typed the Bon Hessler experience up there on that screen?
1: <laughs> I uh, did because it's one name. Hmm. What? Uh, we're on the radio, Lucky. You realize that, right? No <laughs> nobody can actually see what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 Autumn, what the fun and games! Ooh.
5: So uh, University of Michigan professors have been instructed to stick to preferred pronouns that the students have chosen. So hold
1: on. So I'm going to University of Michigan? Yes, yes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that Jim Harbaugh. And, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, it's going to work out. So uh, I'm all excited about going to the University of Michigan. Go blue. And so when you, when you come in... They have like a survey or something. They ask you what your pronoun is. Yeah, what's your
5: preferred pronoun? Now, for pronoun? some
1: people that are not like I see, we do have some millennials, so they will understand this. But there's some outside of millennials, I, the people that I would call Americans. We actually have Americans here. Oh, could you could you explain? Could you explain to the non-foreigners? <laughs> what it means to uh, care about what your pronoun is or what that is. What does that mean?
5: So if I don't want to be called she because I don't identify as she or if you don't identify as he, then you can be called they. You can be yeah. called Z. You could be called, there's a, there's a couple other oh, ones. On. So yeah. if
1: I'm a professor at the University of Michigan how many people per classroom do I have? I don't know. Let's just say there's thirty-five people per classroom. Or I 20. have to remember.
0: That's a small
1: class. If
5: you have one of those big class you know, it could be like a hundred. Yeah. All right, we
1: all get it. I didn't get a college education. Okay. <laughs> this has become obvious now. All right. um, <laughs> so, why do we listen so, to this guy? But then again, I've never had a problem being called he, because I identify as me. I don't get it, but so but you'd have to remember. So, say it's sixty; it's a lecture class or something. Seventy-five people. The professor has to remember when they talk to each individual person whether they want to be referred to as he, she, they, them, the, it, it, Z- no,
5: it, no. Okay, no. Oh, listen, okay. that's majority. never ever refer to the person as it or he, she, unless they specifically ask you to. These are offensive slurs used against trans and gender nonconforming individuals. So this is what look look. Look. There's also there's more there's Z there's here huh here, Ooh, here. The, the, there's Z there's here there's they them theirs. This is a Dr. Seuss book. This is <laughs> <laughs> Zena ate her food because Z was hungry. Okay, that's listen. what you would say. This <laughs> is what I say. I am 52
1: years old. I know that's a surprise. I look like I'm 72. I'm 52 years old,
5: <laughs> and
1: I know that I cannot win this. I can't win this. In my generation, I can't win this. But I can't point out how absolutely ridiculous it is. And the way that I would point that out is by saying, if I can identify as anything that I want to identify with, male, female, Z, what, who, I don't Pan-gender. know. Pangender. What? <laughs> huh? Pangender. Pangender. I'm all things to all the me's that are me. Androgender. Okay, all of it. All of it. Now, here's the question. Slippery slope. Why can't, if I'm 17 years old, and I want to drink beer, and I want to buy beer, why can't I walk in and say, I identify as a (laughs) 22-year-old? And you are oppressing me if you don't sell me that beer. You have to follow my logic and know that that is not a ridiculous leap. That's offensive. It's just not. Melanie, the the millennial blotter. Hey, guys,
5: I just want you to know that like Eric's being super offensive <laughs> right now and we should just like not listen because I mean, I mean I'm sure there's something we all could be doing that's better on a Friday night. What you is what your, mean? It's like <laughs> what are we doing?
1: Melanie the Millennial Blogger what is your pronoun? Your preferred pronoun?
5: Well it's kind of I kind of feel lame because I'm cisgender so you can what call me What does that me, mean? Cisgender? It means that like my gender and like my sex are the same or whatever and I also like dudes,
1: So it embarrasses that you that own. you identify as a woman and yeah. you're a woman.
5: So like you can call me she it's
1: okay. and like I've um, called you worse What else
5: is there Like me Or M? something Call you I don't M? know
6: M M? M, from M Craig what do you identify Call with M. On, what do you identify Well that's
1: do identify what I was going to say
3: About Michigan This is what I find To be hypocritical Being someone who's depressed And doesn't leave their apartment That often I identify as blue So when they say go blue Yeah I, It offends me <laughs> I don't think they should Throw that term around like What's that What's your
1: preferred you pronoun I, Greg You identify as clinically depressed Blue <laughs>
4: well, I identify as blue There's a kid that already debunked the system actually earlier today by identifying as your majesty or his majesty. I did it. And and that
5: is is his right. And like, you should call him that if he wants to be called that. And if you don't, it's so rude.
1: Melanie, the millennial blogger. Yeah. He's a Republican.
5: Ew, that's so gross. He was a Republican <laughs> in 2016. Ew. <laughs> Who does that? Gross.
1: That's what the young Republicans on campus, they're like Andy Kaufman's now, like with performance art. That's all they can do. Is, oh, call me uh, uh, His Majesty or whatever. i no like they're debate.
5: protesting it. Kind yeah.
1: Of, yeah. yeah, it's the only way they, that they can protest. It's all you can do. Actually, he's doing the right thing. Yeah. You can only protest something this ridiculous with humor. Because I got news for you. I did go to college for a little while. And... Uh, I dealt with sociology professors and they showed me films and basically taught me that every commercial I'd seen on TV up to that point in my life was about rape. So (laughs) these people have won. That's what's happened. These people have won. Uh, from, From campuses from years, 70s, 80s, 90s, they taught social theory. These ideas... I guess they're worth debating, but they fall into the actual category of social theory. But we now have a generation of people who have come through the campuses so much that they are 21, 22 years old, and they accept it as social fact. So it's not even debatable anymore. And all I want to do is get a uh, small cabin in Montana (laughs) and be left alone. That's Uh all. Just ride it out. (laughs) Just ride it out. Because these ideas are so bad. They're so bad that in 15 years or so, some movement is going to come along and go, okay, enough already. All right, millennials, get into the old folks' home and let us take back control of our country. Yeah,
2: it'll be the kids, it'll be the children of the generation that's gone so far that's going to go, my parents are insane. Can you imagine (laughs) having millennial
1: parents who do nothing but gaze at their own navels all day long? I mean, that would just be absolutely, well, I don't know. I mean, I said that thing and couldn't think, I mean, I I know I'm not racist, but did I say the thing and did they think and who thought and what thought Maybe I am. Maybe I am racist. Maybe I'm racist, and I don't even know I'm racist. No, you're not
5: racist. No, they're racist. In the, in the meantime, their kid is like setting a fire in the kitchen. <laughs> no well, if that's what he wants
4: to do. Okay, but what, I saw what, a
5: black man a today. I saw a black man today at the gas station. And I didn't look him in his eyes because, and you know, uh, I just felt like maybe it, I really disrespected it him. Probably you know?
1: means me. I have something <laughs> News flash Racist No They're racist You don't have to worry about it (laughs) Nobody finds that out When they're like 38 Oh my goodness I had no idea (laughs) Uh, You mean Hating everybody That doesn't look Exactly like me (laughs) Beyond the fact that, That Nobody even knows What the word racist Means anymore I mean there are Some racists left But racism, racist is somebody, there's only one type of thing that's racism. You believe that your race is superior to every other race. That's it. But what we've done is we've taken prejudice Mm. and we've called prejudice racism and here's the deal. Everybody is prejudiced. Everybody. You, me, we all have stereotypes of other people and if you don't believe me, here's the Von Hessler prejudiced test. (laughs) If you say you're not prejudiced, Mm. I'm looking at you, foreigners, I mean millennials. (laughs) I'm looking at you. Imagine this little thought experiment. You're walking down the street, and across the street, you see a 23-year-old mother, pregnant, pushing a baby stroller, smoking a cigarette with a beer in her hand. (laughs) You don't draw any conclusions before you talk to this person? Nothing happens in your mind like he's, oh, well, she's um, not so good. Everybody is prejudiced. It's just a matter of what you're prejudiced of. You might be prejudiced of people who work on Wall Street. There might be somebody, oh, well, he works on Wall Street. That means X, Y, and Z. That's prejudice. Everybody is prejudiced. But there are very few racist. The people who are racist are easy to find because they... They form communities and they live up in the mountains. And they
5: and they wear white; they're really easy to spot. Yeah, they have a
1: web. They have a web, have a web page. that looks like it's from
2: 1997. <laughs> you know, it was, it was,
1: it was like, but the dancing
2: hamsters.
1: <laughs> it's the racist hamster. <laughs> <laughs> that's like their newspaper the racist hamster <laughs> the racist gazette it's not hard to find them how to we get here give me another story oh uh, oh yeah, I was, yeah right? That's right. that was I'm the first like, story
5: <laughs> I know sometimes we get to seven
1: sometimes we get to one that's the way it is
5: a study has found that young men are playing video games instead of getting jobs again <laughs>
1: that's new <laughs> no but so this is a real thing the wow. reason
5: why is for example no, hold stop right there I'm gonna let
1: you say what the reason why is from whatever that Associated Press or whatever those people are. And before that, I'm going to tell you what the real reason is. Because they're losers. <laughs> Remember Ronald Reagan said this about the Soviet Union, but it applies to a lot of things in life. Don't be afraid to see what you see. You don't have to have a big study that tells you why people play video games and don't live in their parents' basement and don't go to work.
5: Well, this 22 year old says when I play a game, I know if I have a few hours, I will be rewarded, he said. Oh, the and job. by the way,
1: every reward should come within a few hours, I believe. I want it now. Oh, yeah. I mean, for God's sakes, don't go to school, start your own company, uh, take 10 years to actually build something. Every reward should happen within a couple hours. Do I hear music? We're going to have more <laughs> rewards for you in a couple of minutes. How about that segue? More WTF. Here we return. The Von Hessler Experience. It is the fourth Von Hessler Experience, and we have the live studio audience. You can also join us if you're listening on your car and you get to your house. You can uh, get us on your mobile devices and any kind of computer thingy wingy that you got. EV, the uh, WSB WSBradio.com or the WSB Radio app. We're actually on Facebook Live right now on the WSB Radio Facebook page. So if you have comments, you want to tell me how bad I am, because that's what you do, internet, isn't it? That's what you do. And also, hashtag EVHEXP if you want to be part of this whole shebang, we're still doing WTF. So Autumn, another story, please.
5: There's a a growing movement of women who wish they'd never had kids.
1: Smart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, given the fact that you are uh, sitting on your second egg there, how do you feel about it?
5: I regret it every day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, give me a little more of this, because I just feel like all these stories are about, uh, the whole WTF thing is, boy, haven't millennials screwed up America. uh, Every story, because these are young, oh, I I read a little bit, I think, of this lady. She's like, I'm 37, and I thought it would be a good thing. And really, if you read this story, what this lady doesn't like is responsibility of any kind. Right. Anything that is outside of her It's too hard Yeah I didn't know that I actually Would have to think about Another human being Rather than myself Let me tell you something About having kids This is like that last story Where uh, young men Are not getting jobs And staying in their parents Mm -hmm. Basement You know Well where the baby's Coming from then (laughs) Uh, that's a good They're question. In their basement.
5: I like to get it on. I just don't like the consequences of getting it on. Yeah,
1: that's really what it is. Yeah. But here's the thing. And I have friends who don't have uh, children, don't, you know, th- that's fine. If you don't want to have children, don't have children. But if you're going to have children, you're kind of in. Like my friend Lucky Yates back there from yes, TV's Archer. Me. He doesn't want children, so he no. doesn't have children. No,
2: right? I had that problem taken okay.
1: care of. But here's the problem. <laughs> right now, you're still cool and you're on TV and you want yeah, an Emmy and all that blah, snip, blah, blah. I got snipped. You're out there You're snipped You got nothing uh, hey, hey. But
2: let me tell you What you won't have <laughs> Ladies Ladies I'm going Bam 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 Let me tell you What <laughs> I will have That you'll never have Newsy down there uh, <laughs> That's how blank Is that the blank sign <laughs> <laughs> We are on you, know, go. <laughs>
6: you are You are packing sir I can see yeah. that from here
2: <laughs> Let me tell you What you will not have That I have Okay uh, Happiness True happiness That's right at the end of my life... Self, self-fulfillment. self Yes. A heart I don't have, attack. An idea that I did it the right way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but
1: on your side, I don't have an Emmy. You know, so... Yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, when I'm on my deathbed, Mm-hmm. And I wanted to look really nice my deathbed. I wanted to be a really cool, really, like, you know, like when you go to a baseball game, you got all the bunting and all. That. So anyway, that's the thing You want some bunting?
2: Yeah, I'm a I do. Mm-hmm. Bunting. I'm on my deathbed. But we're talking, <laughs> <what> talking <about laughs> a lot about dying. Color of bunting? Do you want the red, white, and yeah, blue? Like, coast, a, like, what a, do you think of me? I'm American. I don't know. What do you think I want? Like a red Chinese bunting? No, I, I
1: want know. red, white, yeah. and blue, like
2: Star Wars themed or something.
5: I want
1: first day of opening day baseball. Bunting on my deathbed. He's going
5: to be on his deathbed. Old man, like, bunting. Like, he's what saying? I don't know. Tell him to There's gotta give There's some more. Buffalo Bill the stuff button. there. So, oh, yeah. when I'm yeah. laying
1: there, what I have, that you people who don't want
2: children. You people. Oh you boy. people. Here we
1: go. Like Ross Perot said, <laughs> what you people need are children. So, when I'm laying there, I'm going to look up. I'm going to die before my wife because she's healthy as hell. <laughs> so, I'm going to look up. I'm going to see my loving wife, my loving children. They're going to pat me on the head. They're going to say, good job, son. You did a good job. And you're not going to have that. You're going to die alone. That's well, better, though. Like, I think, no, because then at that point, you don't
3: get sad. If you're looking like, I'm sad, I'm leaving these people. If you what look if up you, and there's no one there. Hang like, oh, on. It's good. I'm gone. What if you've got Alzheimer's? I'm not missing anything. <laughs>
6: What if you've got Alzheimer's and you can't remember who these people are? I'll ah, remember. Fair point. Are you, I'll remember.
2: Are you claiming that because I don't have children, I will have no friends or other family by my bedside? That is what I'm saying. By the time you're old... What a weird... Like, why would you assume that? Be I'm going to
1: you, won't be blood relatives to them. You won't. You hate your brother. I know this about you. He's not going to be there, right?
2: No,
0: he'll be, be long sharing. dead.
2: He'll be long dead
0: by the time I die. <laughs> right. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB!
1: Live from Sherwood Forest! It's a special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine we call the Von Hessler Experience. That studio audience you just heard? That's our studio audience!
2: Yeah.
1: They're the real thing I'm Eric Von Hessler We usually do the Von Hessler Doctrine On Sundays from noon to three But uh, Clark Howard had a, a, a doctor's appointment That I really don't want to get into And so we have to take over his time here And uh, usually we do Well, first let me introduce people This is uh, Autumn Fisher Hello. She's one of our doctrinaires No, don't bother applauding I guess they're applauded out I guess English Nick is what's, here What's going on? And Greg Ross is here Greg Ross! Yeah! Thank you Thank you, he needs that the handsomest producer at all, producer, the Jerry Yamamoto is here. Now we started the show with something called headlines. Took a long time to come up with that title, and now we're going to really freak you out with the. Uh, it's time for this. This more headlines. Ooh, more headlines. From Jerry Yamamoto. And we're going to have fun with this one. because Are we? Don't tell me what we're going to do. This is my show. Is this the Jerry Yamamoto true. show? Your Our name is on, on the marquee. I, I do apologize Don't tell for me. That. I might have a horrible time with this Fine. story.
4: I'll read it exactly as it Kids. says here. Gary Johnson
1: had another Aleppo moment on oh. MSNBC. Gary Johnson, the libertarian who is going to be the one. You know, Gary Johnson, Gary Johnson to libertarians, he's like, uh, like on Tinder, right? Like the, She looks so good because the lighting's right. And you think to yourself, wow, she's pretty hot. I should go out with her. And the angle. And, and the angle. And the picture and yeah. the was from five years ago. Yeah, face. and then you show up. and yeah, It doesn't match. And it's like a baby picture. It's like, well, what was that? This is not the same person. She's got the turkey neck. The whole thing's going. That's what Gary Johnson is <laughs> to libertarians. He looked like he was going to be the one that was going to get on the stage. I don't know if go all the way to the White House, but in the last few weeks, He's, he's on the pot again. There's no doubt. I mean, he said he wasn't getting high. But, I mean, this dude is spacing out like uh, granola crunchy in Colorado. You know, I'm just what? like staring deer in the headlights. What? So, what do we have this time? He was asked, uh, uh, Andrew, you have it? Andrew, you have what he said? This Andrew Who's like your going. favorite foreign leader? Who's my favorite? Any, just name anywhere in the country. Any one of the continents, any country. Name one
6: foreign leader that you respect and look up to. Anybody. <laughs> I'm with Shimon Peres. No, no, okay, I'm talking about living. Go ahead. You've got to do this anywhere, any continent. Canada,
1: Mexico, Europe, over there, Asia, South America, Africa, name a foreign leader that you respect.
6: I guess I'm having an Aleppo moment in the former, former president of <laughs> Mexico. But I'm giving you the whole I world. Know, I know, I know. Anybody I know. in the world you like. Anybody. Pick any leader. The former president now, of Mexico. Which one? Oh, I'm, I'm having a brain. I'm well, name anybody. It's a Who's your make, favorite foreign make. leader? Get him off the hook. Name a foreign leader He's terrific.
1: Any foreign leader? Uh, Merkel. Okay, Merkel. Okay, fine. Save yourself. Uh, okay,
6: you your anyway, let's go. Who's your favorite? Tent
1: <laughs> and leave the festival before the headliner hits the stage. <laughs> uh, also, Andrew. That's Andrew Lingoria, by the way, who's uh, running our, our board back there. Give him a round of applause because he's awesome. Uh, did you guys notice inside there, Gary Johnson, before he answered the question, made a weird noise that I'm fascinated yeah. with. Can you, can you hit me with that, Andrew? <laughs> that was it. Okay, hold on.
5: It sounds like a Metallica... Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe... I believe <laughs> to me, if you put them together, Andrea... Uh, Andrea. My goodness. Um. Andrew. If you put them together, I think it's going to sound like an AK-47. Can you do that Ooh. for me? I know you've got a big sound thing there that has all kinds of sound effects on it. Do you have an actual AK-47? <laughs> all right, play, the, play, machine, play Machine Gun Gary one more time. <laughs> now the AK-47.
2: <laughs> and there's your Aleppo moment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's like... It's like an AK-47 had a baby with Ernie from Sesame Street's lap.
1: Let's hear that one more time. That was Gary Johnson. That was Gary Johnson. Mm -hmm. Now play the machine gun again. And one more time, machine gun Gary. That's why this is a great show, Jerry Yamamoto I can guarantee you, there's no other radio show on the air in America right now where they're playing Machine Gun Gary. Play it again. I don't, even know, I don't know which one that was. Can't we just end now? Can't we all just go home now? <laughs> it was a locomotive train. So
4: awesome! Imagine how Bill Weld feels. I mean, that's, oh, guy, that's Bill gotta
1: Weld. Be awful. Bill Weld is the guy who answered the Tinder thing. He, he oh yeah, this would be great. She's hot. <laughs> now he's out in public. The lighting is the way it's supposed to be. He's like, oh, God. He's, <laughs> uh, he's, uh, it's like they're on a date, and he's like, check. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yes. You
1: know what? Oh, you know what? I I forgot that I have to do something for my job tonight. <laughs> my job. He can't get out of it. He's on a date he can't get out of. Bill Weld, he's not re- a real libertarian anyway, but he'd be a better candidate than Gary Johnson. I don't know what Gary Johnson is. He actually... He climbed Mount Everest You know this other guy? He climbed Mount Everest And he must have left All of his energy up there Before he came back
0: down (laughs) It took
4: him five years He's so high Either that or those brain cells I mean, once you get to A certain altitude Uh, Your brain starts dying Maybe that's what it is
5: Yeah, there's not enough oxygen Or he was just like If I make it back If I don't I'll climb Mount Everest That's his
1: attitude It's like And Gary Johnson You have one minute To let people know Why they should vote for you I don't know If he did that for a minute, he would win in a landslide. (laughs) I rest my case. Me and Michael Winslow are going to the White House together. Who got the Michael
2: Winslow reference? Uh, Uh, Thank you. The five people that have seen all of the Police Academy movies.
5: (laughs) You know who didn't get it?
2: Millennial Jared, because it happened before he was
1: born.
5: Did you see Spaceballs?
1: Uh, yes, I have seen. He space was balls. in Spaceballs. All right, we're, we're not we're not at the kitchen table. We're on the radio. So
2: just trying to keep this <laughs> professional.
1: Michael <laughs> <like,
5: laughs> Winslow made a great contribution <laughs> to American
2: cinema, <laughs> and I think we should take this part of the radio show yeah. to talk about. You it. You know, Hal David should
1: get more recognition for those songs. I'm
5: right. a mom. I just <laughs> okay. like let's just talk about whatever.
1: Give me another story before we just go off into our little coffee talk. The <laughs> U.S. and Iraq have agreed on a plan that could
4: send approximately 500 additional U.S. troops to Iraq.
1: I'm thinking Hold you, having on. A, you having a Gary Johnson moment? No, no, no. Uh, In Aleppo No, I just You know Do we really have a plan For these soldiers That we're sending over there Piecemeal 40 here You know I, One of these announcements A while back Was that we're sending Like 70 troops Well I bet That's got them Quaking in their boots I know we have The greatest soldiers In the world But look out Is that 70 Coming over the ridge I mean let's have a plan <laughs> I, I don't know how to respond To these things Because I feel like It's not a plan I want a plan. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear how are we going to take care of this. Look, some of us think we should have gotten into Iraq to begin with. Some of us don't. Some of us, like me, thought we should. And now looking back, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it was a great idea. But it's 2016. We have the situation we have now. And I would like to know what is the plan. Because if we're not going to go in there and just kick them hard and get rid of them, then we shouldn't be in there. There's no reason to have the greatest military in the history of the world. That's what we have. We have the greatest military in the history of the world. When you're watching the History Channel, and you see what the Romans did, and Alexander, they did all that with way less than what we got. We have the greatest military in the history of the world. And if you're going to use it, you need to know why. Because when it comes to the military, people are willing to die for their country. Parents are willing to sacrifice their children to the country. If there's a reason, if there's a plan, If you're actually trying to win. I don't want to lose my son because some politician thinks that it's a good idea before the election to look tough. I'm not willing to give up either of my children for that. But if you come to me with a plan, if you tell me what we're going to do is we're going to get rid of them, and this is the plan afterwards, and this is to safeguard the interests of this country into the future, there are plenty of people who are willing to go there and do what needs to be done to get it done. But when I look at these stories, what is it that we're doing? What are we doing in Iraq? Are we trying to win? Because if we're trying to win, I'm all for it. I'm not a dove when it comes to that. But when you are going to send people's children into harm's way like that, you damn well better be able to tell a parent who has lost a child why they're gone. Not like, well, because we thought we needed 70 more or 500 more. Why? What are we doing? Why are we there? What are we trying to achieve? And I don't see that with this. I feel like we need to be there. I feel like that ISIS and... The next thing that ISIS is going to be Needs to be taken care of and dealt with by the world Remember when the world used to fight evil? Remember when the world Remember when the West thought the West Had some interest in this world And Western civilization was something worth fighting for? Why don't we have Australia I know they're not really the West But they're Western thinkers Australia (laughs) uh, France, Germany, Canada, England, America Anybody else who wants to join us? D-Day style in a bunker somewhere, figuring out what to do, and then in one week, we just strike like lightning and knock the crap out of them. That is worth fighting and dying for. What's going on here? I'm not so sure. I hear that music, which says more headlines when we return.
0: The Von Hessler Doctrine. On News Ninety and AM seven fifty WSB.
1: this very special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. It's so special. It has a special name. It's called Von Hessler Experience. The studio audience is a real live studio audience and they're awesome and most of them have not gone to the bathroom in almost two hours which is pretty amazing and I salute them for that. We are still in headlines. Jerry Yamamoto hit me with another one. Yeah. And Ange- the last one made me angry so hit me with something that doesn't make me angry.
4: Sure. So Angelina Jolie <sighs> pulled out of seven years into bed where she would have starred with Brad Pitt.
1: So This is a movie that she's supposed to make of Brad Pitt. Correct. And this is news that she's pulled out of it. Yeah, you know, since Brangelina is is no more.
5: Is it a a sequel?
1: I'm not sure if
4: it's a sequel or
5: not. It's a redo?
4: Apparently. Of what?
5: Of Seven Years in Tibet? Yeah, there was a movie
4: called Seven Years in Tibet. You're right. Apparently, that's that's the movie that they would have done together. hold
3: on a second here. Maybe the script was
1: awful, and that's why she got divorced, to get out of the film.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just backwards.
1: There's always a chance that Jerry got that wrong because he's Jared. And there's a possibility that that movie was in that article or something, and he just decided that's the one they're making. But oh, I'm not saying... To be fair, I don't have my computer. I'm not, I'm not saying that that was definitely the movie. I need my computer. This is one of those things that I think that with, This is why I don't believe media ever about anything. And you can prove me wrong, and I want you to be honest. Does anybody give a damn about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt breaking up? Anyone? Oh. But uh, but no, but you must be lying because that's all that's on the internet. That's all. I mean, but Lucky Yates from hey. TV's Archer. You're a celebrity. Do you care? Oh my God, I care so much. <laughs> <laughs> they have a nickname, Eric Brangelina. Brangelina, no more. Brangelina. We should write the musical, my friend. It
4: trended more than the terrorist attacks that happened in New Jersey of and New York. Of course it when, did. when they broke up.
1: Of course it did because this country has not been flushed down the commode yet, but it is dangling on the edge of the toilet seat. It is very close, uh, and there is like pop culture 's it's got its finger it 's got its, it's got, it's got its finger on the little thing it 's just about to flush it down. This is an insane, silly country, and I love it. Let me tell you, I love my country i 'm a patriot. But I, this why would anybody care? Two people are married, they get divorced. How many people get divorced? It's like 50-50. Like, we're all idiots now, right? And I'll, people snicker at weddings now. Yeah, right.
5: <laughs> but, with these two, but with these two, I thought they'd really make it. Oh, yeah. When you if said, they can't make it, who can? When you said forever
1: and ever? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. wow. Yeah. I'm just with you forever,
2: time. okay? But and ever? Well, especially they are two uh, major movie stars that are both like on their third marriage or whatever. Was and just also, like there's like, no way they were going to stay together. Movies
1: but they were the perfect couple. No, they weren't. They weren't the perfect couple. They were such a bad couple that in order to distract themselves from one another, they had to go traipsing around the world, adopting children children. to make themselves feel like they were saving the entire world. I love this Angelina Jolie. Boy, she's going to heal the planet. Man, she's going to bring us all together. She's going to bring peace to the earth. But she just can't get along with her dad. She can't put that together. She can't figure out how to get along with her dad but she's going to heal the rest of the planet. Ugh, what is wrong with this country? Why do I care about the people who care? I don't even want to care about the people who care. But I care (laughs) because I think the country is really slowly just about to go right down the old dumper. You know what? Do you know when you know that you're maturing? You won't get this, Jared. The millennials can check out because... (laughs) You're pointing at me. This happened before you were born and if you're a millennial something happened before you were born it never happened but you know that you are growing into maturity there's a show called All in the Family when I was a kid I I I love the show but I hated Archie and I identified with Meathead the kid you know you know that you've actually matured when you get to a point that you watch All in the Family and you identify with Archie and you think Meathead is an idiot and if you don't go through that arc you have not grown up I don't know what that has to do with Brangelina, but it brought us to this break. What are we doing next? We've got Outrage
0: Corner. We sure do. Outrage Corner when we return. News 95.5 at AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB.
1: Welcome to this uh, very special edition, I should say welcome back to the very special edition of Von Hessler Doctrine, so special it's got its own name, Von Hessler Experience, the fourth one, Jared, right? That is correct. This is our fourth Von Hessler Experience, we're having a great time, enjoying ourselves. You know, it's getting a little too hot in this room earlier, and uh, I had to explain to the people that the WSB isn't used to having this big of a crowd in this room, and it's going to take them some time to learn how to do that, but I think we're cooling off now, we're feeling a little better now, everybody good? couple people passed out in the back. But I think that's uh, that's fine. That's fine. They may just be bored. So it is now time for this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. See, here's the thing. We realized a long time ago, not like seven years ago or when I was born, but maybe a couple months ago. No. year and and a half. As we were putting the show together, that if we had something called Outrage Corner... We would never not have stories for Outrage Corner because the world that we live in now is full of people who get outraged, sometimes for no good reason, sometimes for a good reason. You get outraged from time to time. I get outraged. I'm outraged right now, and I don't even know what about... So, outrage is all over the world. Tell us what's up. All
6: right. A lot of outrage concerning Colin Kaepernick, of course. And now, Ugh. people are so outraged that the ratings for NFL football are
1: falling. You know, this is uh, interesting. I, I'm such people an NFL watching. fan. I'm such an NFL fan that I thought that they were imperfect. I didn't, I didn't think that anything could touch the NFL. Because I know for myself, how I deal with it is I just ignore it. You know? I just say, you know, you want to hate your country? Whatever. Shut up. I, just, you know, I remember the first time I heard about it, I thought, oh, my God, how shocking. Then I realized one thing. Most NFL games, unlike NASCAR races, in most NFL games, they don't show the national anthem before they show you. They just show up and it's kickoff. It's only like opening day. And for the NFL, every four or five years, opening day is 9-11, so they have a big thing about it. But for the most part, they don't show the national anthem. So when they do show the national anthem, I tune away. I really do this. I'm not making this up. I tune away. I watch something else for three or four or five minutes because I don't care. You know, I'm bored with it. I don't care. It's fashion It's not even really a statement. Now when you see other people doing it, it's not. It's like a mohawk in the 80s, the late 70s. (laughs) It wasn't a fashion that everyone had, but it was a fashion. And if you had it, then we kind of knew how you felt and you were a rebel. At this point, it's fashion. And can it get any more ridiculous than Colin Kaepernick is now doing personal appearances with other teams to join them in not standing for the national anthem? He actually went to a high school football game and didn't stand with the other people who are like, what, 16 years old? So to me, I see it as, as just fashion, and it bores me. And now, when you're watching a game, even if you miss the beginning, they'll take a moment, like eight minutes into the game, and say... Uh, during the National Anthem, so-and-so did this. Again, I flip over, turn to classic movies.
3: I tend to tune out the <laughs> National Anthem, but it's usually because the people singing it aren't that good. Well, that's <laughs> true. No, I get embarrassed. Like, that's not even a joke. Like, I highly, I'm highly embarrassed for the person singing it. Oh, your stomach is like yeah, weird? Yeah, and like, i got
1: to change the channel. Stop, nothing's stop cringing. Worse than when, nothing's worse than when you know they're not good at it, and there's, you know it early. You know, <laughs> like, you know it's, oh, no, there's another two well, minutes and of they this. Get,
5: they get thrown oh, off sword. by the, They get thrown off by the echo.
1: Yeah.
6: So, uh, Are, are I, there but, numbers on the ratings, how much they've dropped? Well, they, they've, like 18%, I believe, yeah, the, and 18%. This wow. surprises me. And, of course, Monday night's game uh, suffered because of the debate. Sure, competing with but
1: them. the Thursday night games are down. The Sunday games are down. And the NFL, you know, they need to watch it because you don't have a right to be in the NFL. The NFL can make their own rules. That They're a club. And Roger Goodell, again, the commissioner of the NFL, always getting it wrong. Always getting it <laughs> wrong decided, well, the best thing to do is to not be, like, he didn't want to be the white commissioner. I get it. He didn't want to be the white commissioner. It's, uh, you know, a, what I would say 75% African American League, something like that, 70%. He didn't want to be the white commissioner telling people that they couldn't have a voice politically. I understand that. But it also shows that you don't have control over your league. And if it continues, uh, I, I think it's too early in the ratings drop to know if it's exactly that
6: you know what but there's a good said, chance that it is you know what Kaepernick said this week right oh something about he make said America uh, no because no, Donald Trump's slogan is make America great again Kaepernick says this country's never been great for people of color like, oh, right, going yeah. that road now. yeah
1: like guys who make 7 million dollars and sit on the bench and do nothing mm-hmm. boy this country's hey, never done anything for anyone it's tough of life country. isn't it just, I
5: say something I mean, oh
1: no here we go <laughs> go ahead
5: well, you need you know, two mics for this I have a feeling. Yeah.
1: You know, I really think That he has a right to, Okay, go ahead
5: well, well, I don't I just yeah, don't. <laughs> No <laughs>
6: She really oh. is pregnant <laughs> Get that out of my face
5: um, I don't. I don't know about forced patriotism, though. You know, it's not forced patriotism. Well, to, to, to say that everyone has to stand in when they don't want to, what, or whatever. What you, not, no, what you can
1: say is you don't have a right to be in this league if you want to be. Look, the league will not wouldn't allow. I remember back in the '80s. It was, I'm blanking on the Bears quarterback, Jim McMahon. Is it Jim McMahon? Yeah, he wanted to wear. He did a thing where he was wearing headbands all the time. Then he started writing messages on them, mm. and I think he wanted to like. Uh, he had one that was like uh, he wanted to have a message for missing in action people from Vietnam. And the league swooped down. Like if you try to wear different shoes with a different color in this league, they tell you no. It's all uniform. It's all whatever. That's freedom of expression, isn't it? Jim McMahon wanting to wear a headband that uh, that. Saluted the missing in action of Vietnam, the NFL came right down on him. It's a club. It's not censorship. We talked about earlier how racism, people don't know what that means. They confuse it with prejudice. Censorship falls in the same category. If the NFL tells you you can't do something, that's not censorship. There's only one kind of censorship when the government tells you that you cannot do something. That's the only thing that is censorship. But it's 2016, and we've gotten to a point where language is so loose, it doesn't matter anymore. As a matter of fact... I heard from my millennial friends that now uh, literally means figuratively.
2: So we live in a
1: country where the language means nothing, and so people are going to shout, oh, censorship. No, NFL's a club. You have no right when you're born to be in the NFL. And, and the fact that you're using somebody else's platform for your issues, there has to be a little bit of a wall there. How far do you go? Colin Kaepernick didn't build the NFL. Colin Kaepernick didn't make the NFL mean what the NFL means to, to a lot of Americans. That's not his property. He's... You have to understand when you're in the NFL is this is a great league that's had a lot of great players. I'm one of the players and I will be gone. And when I'm gone and when I'm dead, there's still going to be an NFL. So he's using someone else's platform for his political speech. And he should just go on about his own business. It's not like he's a quarterback for real anymore. That's the worst part. Why do I have to listen to a backup quarterback telling me he doesn't like this country? He's not even playing again. Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) But I mean, even that, it's like, it's boring. It's hackneyed. Oh, you're not going to stand up. I don't... Yawn! Yawn, you're a dummy So get off my, I don't care I'm not even going to get outraged about it I don't care, you you live in a country So great, (laughs) Colin Kaepernick at one of his uh, At one of his uh, press conferences Had a photo, had a a, a, a T-shirt that had Fidel Castro on it I was like, Colin Kaepernick, why don't you go down to Cuba And try to disrespect the sitting Government Mm. in a public space And see what happens to you in Cuba The fact that you're allowed to do what you're doing Says that the country has always been Great, it's not perfect And here's another problem, Von Hessler Doctrine. Don't allow perfection to be the enemy of the good. It's not a perfect country, but we always progress in this country. The trajectory of this country is always progress, which makes it a great country. Colin Kaepernick, I know he's a genius, he just happens to be wrong. Next story. Anybody anybody from
6: Ackworth here tonight? Ackworth's one one person. alright well there's a teacher in Ackworth who's at Raging People she's 38 she's a substitute teacher and she's been having 16 and 18 year old boys over for sex oh why not yeah. <laughs> which school how old is she old uh, old the is Ace she? Academy in Canton actually her house Ace, is in Ackworth the Ace, the Ace Academy is where she substitutes uh, how old is six? she Nick she's 38 16
5: 16 and, and 18. 18 yeah so that's the
6: age of consent
1: now here's the thing not at the same time I don't
5: think you're yeah. real good looking <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe a woman who's 38 just wants to go back and remember what it's like to uh, be with somebody who's not quite so hygienic. I don't know. I forgot my math homework. (laughs) Maybe she wants it to go really quick. Yeah. You know, she doesn't have a lot of time. Quick lunch hour. So that
3: doesn't usually happen. I don't think it's the first
1: time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) As bad as our schools are. As bad as our schools are, I'm guessing they learned more in her apartment than they learned actually in any kind of school. But I don't yeah, it's know. college prep. This is kind of thing. That <laughs> uh, Jared
5: did college it. prep. Jared made a joke. loader <laughs> for the win.
1: I know I kept you around for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't, this is I, this always tests me though, and I know that I'm wrong about this, but it's just that you know whatever. I'm from a different world, and like if you would if you would have told me that was a male teacher. Right. And that it was a 16-year-old. I would, be, I would want to go hunt that guy yeah. down. I would want to pitchforks, take him to... But there's this thing, because I'm a guy. Where I'm like, ah, eh, you know. You know. <laughs> South Park, South Park <laughs> did
2: it so well in an episode. South Park did it with the Ike's, Ike, the little uh, kindergartner is having sex with his teacher. <laughs> and all the cops, when the cops find out, they're all go.
0: Nice. (laughs) Nice.
2: (laughs) I know that's wrong, you know, because a a 16-year-old doesn't... But 16 is
1: the age of consent. My understanding is that, uh, and it was consensual, my understanding is she's not really in trouble for... Uh, uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not Statutory. Statutory right. yeah. No, no. Uh, she's in trouble just because, as a teacher, you're not supposed well, to there,
5: like there's a, s- a severe boundary that yeah, is, there's a
1: yeah. certain relationship you can't have. You're right. So she's accident. in trouble as a teacher. She's going to be fired probably, but I don't think there's legal stuff that's going to happen to her. 16
5: is the age of consent? 16 is the age of consent?
1: Yeah. Like,
5: well, the uh, person person under eighteen, uh, but she thirty-eight. Oh, okay. Well,
6: maybe she is on the right. hook. See, uh, the millennials legally. are good for some things.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, that's one piece of information yes. they know, huh? I know that uh, for a specific <laughs> reason. <laughs>
6: well, it's, it's nice to know He's a good-looking
1: guy, man. There's uh, the thing that gets me. It's like, it's like uh, I, I come from a family that's kind of shady. I come from a little bit of a shady family. And that reminds me of like, the things that the, what I learned growing up in kind of a shady family mm. was never trust anyone who says, well, technically, it's not against yeah. the law. <laughs>
5: so,
1: if you have to say technically it's not against the law, it's probably morally wrong. But technically, it's not against the law. Do I have time for no? No, okay, one more. Hey, we have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them. All right, welcome back to this very special episode of. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just looked at the internet. It's very funny. Uh, it's a very <laughs> special episode of 18. Von Hessler Doctrine. So special, it's got a name Von Hessler Experience, <laughs> number four. Now it's time to wrap things up. Exactly how much time do I have? About three minutes. If I had to be my own worst critic, I would say I don't know how to wrap up a show very well. So let me take, first of all, the time to say thank you all very much, live studio audience, for being here. Everyone on the internet, thank you for being with us. Everyone listening. Thank you. I have Clark Howard tied up in a trunk out back. You can let him out
0: now. Somebody please let me out. Of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the black
6: Tesla in the second deck.
1: It, it was, uh, we got a good deal on the trunk. Please. It's, uh, he's happy over there. You can let him out. Thanks to Clark Howard for allowing us to invade his space. I want to do a plug for a movie I made. I am directed a movie about a band called Driving and Crying. It's called Scarpet Smarter. Life and Times of Driving and Crying. And it's now on Amazon. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. That's so free. if you like me, oh. it's a great movie. Me. Go there, watch it, rate it. The last I looked, we had a 9.1 out of 10, which I think is awesome. So keep it going. Uh, I want to thank Jared Yamamoto, my producer. Thank you. My misanthrope buddy from New York City, who did this with a, uh, a bellyache from too much candy. And ate two donuts. And well, two I donuts. I forgot I ate two donuts also before. English Nick, who's always awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. And the very pregnant and very lovable and adorable Autumn Fisher. Thanks,
5: everybody.
1: I'll
6: be, a, I'll be, at I'll be up and
1: coming at the Country Coming Fair next Friday oh, night. Ah.
6: For the river with the Atlanta Rhythm Section. So, yeah. Yeah. Atlanta Rhythm Use Section. Use the tickets so, then.
4: Absolutely. So uh, what else is we left did well, We did have one we... question on Facebook Live here, and that was, what is your
1: routine when you get ready for a show? My routine, that's a good question. My routine before I get ready for a show <laughs> is, well, I won't tell you the first part, but let's just say you want to be empty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, I eat like, you want to eat like three hours before, right, because you don 't want to be like too heavy with stuff. I like to have my sprite, and then I like to show up about an hour before the show starts. And just order underlings around. It makes me feel good inside to tell people where I want the chairs to be and complain about stuff and act like a diva. That gets me pretty much juiced up and I'm ready to do a show. So I think what? that's... What oh, no. about you're I also swim. i swim. forgetting
5: all kinds of things. The parfait. The yes. excedrin. Yeah, the excedrin is what yeah. I was no,
1: going to bring the gum. up. Don't forget the gum. And the
5: Mountain Dew.
2: Yes.
1: Okay. Fanta
5: orange I feel
2: like I'm being Indicted for something <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> why You the left topic.
2: quite a bit out Sir
3: What's your sugar intake I want you to track That one day My sugar intake is has gotta be Hundreds of like, grams a day
1: Yeah well it's Hundreds of grams Absolutely before I do this Because you're right I did. I had a Fanta grape <laughs> Because I'm white trash <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you had have finished college, you would have stopped drinking that Fanta uh-huh. drink. uh, But here's the thing. Here's it's the ramen thing. ramen noodles with that, too. In the midst of it's all good. of that,
1: in the midst of all of that, I did swim laps
2: today before I came here. Yeah. Wow. But
1: that doesn't matter. We'll just go with the Fanta grape. and like, <laughs> How
2: it's many laps bad. can you do? It's a wash. How many
1: laps can I do? Yeah. How does much it. time do I have? <laughs> the, it's like an average. Regular he size does pool. the three-legged like doggy paddle. What he does. Nice work. I won't do it in front of other people. I'll tell you that. I'll get the, but I have to make sure nobody's in my house before I swim because that doesn't look good. Uh, okay, this is what uh, Jared says. Who am I? I'm Eric Von Hessler. <laughs> when is my show? Sundays at noon. <laughs> what is the Von Hessler Digital Doctrine? Oh, that's a podcast that we do three times a week. That's available on the WSB Radio app. You should download the WSB Radio app. What is this show? Why have I kicked off Clark Howard? What are these questions?
6: I think you already answered some of those.
1: T's live debate coverage next Sunday in the Live Lounge. Yeah, because you'll be in here hosting it. It's not this coming Sunday. It's the next, next Sunday. Next debate. Chris Chandler and I are going to be here in the Live Lounge. We're going to be hosting. Watch the debate with us, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. That, I believe, was this episode of the Von Hessler Experience. We'll chat with you again next Sunday.
0: News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.